<laughs> good, e- good evening, everyone. Greetings, nerds. Uh, tonight, two teams of nerds are going head-to-head over a series of rounds to try to prove who are the wittiest nerds, who are the nerdiest wits. Uh, put down your fidget spinners, hunt out your stirruped Adidas trackies, and fire up the fondue pot. I had both brown ones and blue ones, just for, for what it's worth. And uh, this episode, our theme is trends and crazes and fads. So what we're going to do is we're going to meet the nerds, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves by telling us all about a big fad from when they were in primary school. So we'll start over to my left. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Allen. I'm a Microsoft Windows user (laughs) (laughs) and frequent temporary food owner. And um, I don't know, when I was in primary school... um, Fads. Journalistic standards. That was one that didn't last. <laughs> um, battle beasts. We used to have battle beasts. Battle beasts were like little guys, and they were. It was an ingenious method of selling toys because there were three of them, and they had like one of those stickers on the front, and it would reveal if it was a wood one, a water one, or a, a fire one, and that the wood beat water, and water beat fire, and fire beat wood, and so you would just have to get your toys and go and do this, and then go ah. Um, they, yeah, so they went around really long. Also, I feel like um, pastels were a thing when I was at primary school. Like, like the colours or the... Yeah, like the colours. Like, <laughs> like there was a real trend for like, like Crayola pastels and stuff like that. You would get, everyone was like doing everything in pastels. I don't know why. Very good. Yeah. We, uh, we had battle beasts too. We played with them in the bath, which meant that we ruined like those oh. little pressy things. So well, that's so, the whole point of them. <laughs> I, I know, they were, they were broken. Carry on, Andrew. Hi, my name's Andrew Keppel. I'm an animator. And a trend from when I was in primary school in the sort of late 80s, I remember, uh, everyone was into conkers, but not so much playing conkers, but rather making them. And there was a chestnut tree at school that we weren't allowed to climb. So the the trend that sort of resulted from that was us throwing things up into the tree to try and knock the chestnuts out of it and (laughs) kind of destroying the tree anyway without having to climb it. So So like meta-conkers. Yeah. 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 And together, what is your team? Tonight we will be called Flappy Flappy Nerd. Nerd. Very good. Welcome to Flappy Nerd. (laughs) And over to my right. Hello, I am Brendan Bennett, and uh, I'm a writer and an improviser. And oh, when I was in primary school, the big trend for a short time was WWF um, wrestling. <laughs> and um, it lasted right up until the point where apparently, like, some kid up north, and it's always some kid up north, did a pile driver on another kid and um, <laughs> broke their neck. And then from that day forth, all wrestling was banned at school. <laughs> so, so I still hold, I still have dreams of. Uh, you know, becoming a wrestler. <laughs> but I feel like, but I feel like, you know, I didn't. It's like, it's like you need to like start playing piano when you're five or, or whatever mm. to to be good at it. And I, I miss that crucial wrestling development. I don't know if that's how wrestling works. Like, it's not like gymnastics. You what? know, you go to gymnastics classes from when you're five. There's not like five year olds pile driving each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not because it was banned. Oh, <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Liv McKenzie. I'm a comedian slash lifeguard. And um, when I was at primary school, a big trend was bullying. So, <laughs> that was fun. That's um, an enduring. That's an enduring. Yeah. Thing. Um, and Pokemon, <laughs> which is less sad. So. Yeah. Did did the bullying and the Pokemon intersect? Yeah, I think I bullied people if they didn't know what Pokemon was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was all me. 
<laughs> Very good. And, and what is the name of your team? Uh, we will be Planks Constantly. Very good. Welcome, Planks Constantly. <laughs> Also joined tonight by our moderator for the evening, uh, a life member of the Coven of Stylish Librarians, Moata Tamaira. Welcome. Lovely to be here. I am wearing a cardigan, as that's my role. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what was a, what was a fad when you were at, at school? Um, uh, that was during the 80s, so it was like big time Cabbage Patch Kids yeah. when I was at primary school. And my sister and I actually had some <laughs> Cabbage Patch Kids, but they, they were like knockoff. Cabbage Patch Kids, so they didn't come. <laughs> because the, the real ones came with like a, an adoption certificate and with their name and everything. So ours just with like the dolls. It was just kind of this weird sort of like... It was like you'd kidnapped these babies. Off, <laughs> off, the, off the books. You know, they maybe they came from Eastern Europe or something. Kind of... <laughs> You buy these cauliflower patch kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where my aunt got them from. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So um, we're going to head into the first round, which, of course, is Nerd Quotient. Did we have a, a D20, Brendan, in the end? Uh, I happen to have one right here in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, would, I think we've only got one tonight. Would you like to roll, and then I'll awkwardly pass it over to the other team to roll sure, for an issue? Sure, Can you roll? Yeah, mate. Twelve. Uh, we it's got a fourteen. Be hard to beat. <laughs> there you go. Ten. Oh, so the first question is going to go over to Planks constantly. So in this round, I will be testing the nerds' knowledge of fads and trends. Points, of course, will be given for correct answers, uh, but also interesting related facts and successful bluffing. So Planks constantly. What baby name? suddenly went from being cheerful and merry to completely toxic in the early 1990s. Cheerful and merry. Uh, Santa. <laughs> that that much-loved baby name. <laughs> Santa. This is my son, Santa Joe. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's not Santa. Shall I hand it over to Flappy Nerd? Do you have any idea? What uh, name it, went from being cheerful and merry to completely toxic? Can you give us... Is it a boy's name or a girl's name? It's a girl's it's name. A girl's name. Yeah, early nineties girl's name. Brittany. No, but I get the I get the toxic thing. Um, so cheerful and merry is is. Oh, was it um thalidomide? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lovely name. Um, I'm thinking of the name Hillary. So in nineteen. <laughs> So in 1993, uh, Hillary, which means cheerful and which means merry, um, 1993, Bill Clinton became the US president and Hillary Rodham Clinton rose to prominence. And the name Hillary, it's really interesting, the name Hillary had been trending steadily upwards since the 1960s and was the 136th most popular girl's name in 1992. And then from 93 to 94, it dropped 420 places. <laughs> and by 2002, he completely dropped out of the top 1,000. But Rodham, Shot up. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's kind of crazy about this is that it's the most precipitous drop of popularity of any name in US history. Well, have we checked on Melania? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I read once, I don't know, it might be fake news because it's about Hillary Clinton, but I read that she claimed that she was named after Sir Edmund Hillary, even though she was born a year before he climbed up Mount Everest or something like that. Yeah, she know. does. Yeah. She does. Yeah, so... Maybe she said it just, right to his face. Maybe her parents were just like, just like, do you know who we need? The name of is some beekeeping guy from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are other 
names that have kind of dropped in the same way. So Adolf uh, <laughs> <laughs> dropped in popularity in the lead up to and during World War Two. Oh, what is that? No, it's it's quite a nice name. But I bet there, I bet there's yeah. someone somewhere who's like, no, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna let someone else ruin this perfectly good name. Yeah. It was already it was already trending downwards though, and it took. 30 years to drop out of the top 1,000 compared to, like, Hillary's 10-year tank. <laughs> um, also, Monica dropped off uh, in popularity in 1998 to 99. Friends. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I think it went up because of Friends and then maybe down because of Bill's Friend, <laughs> perhaps. Maybe? That'll work out. Um, so there are lots of different tools for measuring baby names, and one featured on Time's website in 2016 lets you work out what your American name would be today. So prior prior to our recording, I got the birth years from all of our nerds to figure out what their today name would be based on where their name kind of sat earlier. So in um, my birth year, Erin was the 19th most popular name. Uh, today, my name would be Grace. Oh, Very nice, I thought. Uh, so Brendan, Brendan was like just non-existent. However, there was Brendan and Brandon. So would you like to be Brendan or Brandon? Brendan. <laughs> uh, uh, the first one. Uh, Rhett, two hundred and seventeen. Well, frankly, I don't give a damn about Rhett. <laughs> Andrew, your name uh, today would be David, which was uh, the 19th most popular name. Equally in the... generic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liv, you would be Alexa. Oh. I know. We can, like, Fancy. boss you around and tell you what to do and try to get you to play us songs that <laughs> relate to the songs that we heard 10 minutes ago. Um, ben, you would be Anthony. Hmm. Is that right? No, I'd be Tony. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and Moati, there are no Māori names cropping up in the USA, but as you what? yourself um, found, uh, Moana popped up, and you get Abigail with two Bs. <laughs> I don't agree with the two Bs. <laughs> Any weird agree. name trends in your like classes growing up? There were always a lot of Andrews. I remember yeah. at high school there were three of us in the same homeroom. Yeah. I, I went to an all-girls school, and in my third form class in year nine, there were 24 of us, six of which were variations on Catherine. Uh, so um, if you stood up in any given assembly and said, Anna, Sarah, Catherine, half the school probably would have. Uh, almost anyone I went to school with called Brad was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this the... I don't know. I don't know Brad was like the naughty kid. Like the the, the Bradens and the Jadens I don't know, yeah, the, today. The, the, the Brad. This is why it's very hard for teachers to name their children. <laughs> because for any given can name, think of someone they can yeah. always associate it with a terrible child. <laughs> My flatmate's called Brad and he's actually really nice and I was really pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Probably actually stolen all of your money. Yeah, I assumed he was going to be a dick, but he's not. I have a weird, weird uh, name trend fact. I have a friend, but is literally is a friend, not me, who has dated <laughs> three different men named David Bowie, and none of them are actually David Bowie. That's <laughs> <laughs> outrageous. Well, four, it is four, outrageous. Four right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that she? She must be trying at that point. No, I'm just Nonsense. Scottish, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what, once you get the tattoo the first time, it just, it just pays off again and again. <laughs> right. a, not a famous boyfriend name, hmm. but my boyfriend's mum, her dad's name was Ron, and then her husband's name was Ron, and he died, and her new boyfriend's name is Ron. That's a lot of Rons. Convenient. To do yeah. Ron Ron. Yeah. And, Ron. Oh, and my boyfriend's name is Cameron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cameron. And his middle name is Ron, so he's Cameron Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Four Rons make a right. <laughs> Very good.
good. Points to the audience. Points to the audience. Right. <laughs> Moving along. Next question is, and we'll head over to uh, Planks. No, sorry, to Flappy Nerd for this one. Um, what's wrong with you? So many things. <laughs> what's wrong with you if you have stanky leg? Stinky leg. It sounds like some kind of piratical condition. Oh, yeah. We're going to make port now. No, they'll never let us in. Old Pete's got stanky leg. Yeah. Turn back! Don't come in here with your stanky leg. I, I wish I could give you pirate points, but I can't. How about planks, how about planks constantly? Stanky leg. Is yeah. it a dance? Yes, it's a dance. It's a dance. It's it's a dance. Absolutely. Which um, live will now dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you just want to dance. Um, the, the follow-up question for that was also going to be, how about if you have a hunch, a jerk, a bump, a case of the thunderclap, a thing for Susie Q, a taste for hokey pokey, mashed potato, ketchup, chicken noodle soup, Laffy Taffy, or the Harlem Shake? So, can, can you tell us about the stanky leg? Can you do it? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm far too white for that. <laughs> it's a, you, you wiggle your leg a bit. I guess, is, it, is it the kind of action of someone who's stepped in some poo and is like trying to like shake it? You know, like you're, I think when you want to, like, you can't like you're a plastic bag stuck to your foot. Your foot yeah. stays yeah. on the ground, though, and your knee moves. Oh, it's like a gammy leg. Yes. <laughs> no, old Pete's got gammy leg. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You can have points for that. It's a fad dance from 2008-9 from a debut track from a hip-hop group called GS Boys. Uh, the way that it's described in Wikipedia, which, of course, is the authority on all things hip-hop, um, is a multi-step dance that mainly involves the movement of the dancer's leg being moved in a circular motion. But when I watched it uh, online, it, it honestly looks like somebody's kind of used the toilet and has gotten some on themselves and are just trying to <laughs> shake it off. Is it, before is, it only, is it only your legs? Are your arms just not do anything? Riverdance <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, I, I bring this up because I was actually at the bog last night and there was some Irish dancing on and I was wondering how the Irish has developed this style of dance where they're like, you can dance all you like, I just don't want you to move your arms at all. And I'm just wondering if stanky leg is similar like you just... Stand like, can you sign just legs only, or just? Like... I, th I think you can freestyle it. Right. Yeah. Um. What fad dance has been in the news this week? Either of the teams, you can ding in if you know. <coughs> can we have a clue? No, you got to guess. Um. No, no, you can. It's, it's something to do with teeth. Oh, teeth. Teeth dancing. Nothing there. <laughs> I find it hard to get mine to move at all. <laughs> and in fact, it's worrying if they do. Yeah. I have some recollection of like, uh, you know, someone in a big tooth suit doing like a, you know, promoting dead twine. <laughs> <laughs> One of those really bland people on the Sensodyne ads finally doing this kind of white man dance. <laughs> no, it's um, it's called the floss, also known as the backpack kid dance. You know the one I'm talking about? Um, it's been written about in many major news outlets this year, which means it came to prominence 18 months ago. Um, and it was started by an American teen called Russell Horning, who uh, stole the show apparently during a performance by Katy Perry of her song Swish Swish on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Um, he wanted to call the song The Russell, but nobody oh. listened to that. Um, Instead, it got called the floss. So uh, it got described by one nine-year-old Christchurch boy as if you are a zombie trying to swat flies away with both your arms at the same time. So <laughs> big long swinging arm movements. Yeah. I like how you just went out and asked a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 dedication I, to research. <laughs> 
You there! <laughs> I, Describe I, this dance for me. I, I blatantly cribbed from a very good article by local journalist Vicky Anderson, ah. who wrote a piece on the floss for the press. So credit where credit's due. Uh, she didn't, however, name the nine-year-old boy. So there we go. Uh, next well, question. presumably he already <laughs> had one. <laughs> <laughs> and I doubt it was Rhett. <laughs> Were there any fad dances that you were really good at? We had to do the achy breaky heart dance in class. We oh. this is date me probably primary school to me at school, but every disco drilled into us the birdie dance because that's the last oh, yeah. song of the night. Our last song of the night was Ghostbusters. No, we were the wrong disco. <laughs> <laughs> birdie dance. And then and then they play the Doctor Who theme song as you're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. You can have points. Yeah. You can have points for that, I think. Um, <clears throat> next uh, question is what do Lisa Frank stickers, American Girl dolls, Jim and the holograms, and the Babysitters Club all have in common? Ding, Women? Ding it in. Unrealistic body standards? Uh, I, th I think Babysitters Club was kind of alright okay. for body standards, yeah. They're a diverse-ish group for Connecticut. They're just women? Just yeah. woman-y stuff? You, you can kind of have points for that. Because <laughs> they are all hugely popular 1980s yeah. trends that do not appear in Ready Player One. Uh, the, oh. the Spielberg pop culture reference film that was released last week, based on the 2011 pop culture reference novel slash fanfic by um, Ernest Cline. So why has this been a source of criticism for the movie? Because girls exist. <laughs> Points to Ben <laughs> Yeah because it's like very boy centric nostalgia Rather than uh, so, so friend of the show Karen Healy Flicked me some stuff for this question And the way that she described it was Because it seems to focus on boy-tastic nostalgia Rather than the shitty shit girls like Because they have shitty taste <laughs> Have any of you seen Ready Player One yet? No I read the book no. Yeah? Mm. There's a lot of references. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of references. A lot of references. Do you know anything else about the, the author, Ernest Klein? About his previous oeuvre, his works? You know, he wrote another book that was like the same kind of thing as Ready Player One. Yeah, but it was more like... Ready Player Two. Insert <laughs> <laughs> coin to continue. <laughs> you know, you can have some points for that. It yeah. was, yeah, it was like a... But it was more like a... Games of Thronesy type references than mm. than like pop culture. Well, that is pop culture, but yeah, I read an article. Oh, very good. <laughs> I will not go. See you can that have movie. points for reading an article as <laughs> Thank well. Thank you. Amazing. You can, I can read. You can you can tell that I work at a university where it's like <laughs> Christ. Someone gave some evidence of doing some fucking work. You can have a point. So. Yeah, I just asked a nine year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's released a, a book of poetry. The oh. book of poetry is called The Importance of Being Earnest. <laughs> um, it was published oh, his in name's Ernest. Yeah. <laughs> it was published in 2013. Uh, this poetry was slam poetry that he'd performed circa 1997 to 2001. It hasn't dated very well. And I've asked uh, Moata to maybe read us parts of a slam poem <laughs> called Nerd Porn Auteur. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's despicable. It's like Vogon poetry or something. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to do that slam poetry delivery oh. thing because oh. I just don't believe any of it. Um, so I'm just... <laughs> 
going to read it like I'm being forced to, which is actually not far from the truth. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to, I just picked out a few little bits and pieces. So it's called uh, Nude Porn Auteur. Uh, and the, the whole idea behind the poem is that there's just not enough nudie porn. Uh, I know, it's like one of those really important issues that we all need to <laughs> write poems about. Um, and so in the poem he's trying to explain, you know, what sort of thing nudie porn would have in it. Um, and he has some issues with the way that women are portrayed, but not in a <laughs> Is the wrong woke issues? way, just in a... Just, just, or, anyway, I'll just carry on. But he, yeah, so these aren't real women, they're objects which is kind of how this continues. He doesn't seem to actually have applied that to his own poem. But <laughs> Like a preacher needs pain, like a needle needs a vein, guides need porn. <sighs> and then what's to explain the kind of women he'd like to see in porn. I'm talking about the girls that used to fuck up the grading curve, the girls in the Latin club and the National Honour Society, chicks with weird clothes, braces, four eyes and 4.0 GPAs, brainy, articulate bookworms with Mensa cards in their purses and chips on their shoulders. Ugh. Um, this idea is a fucking gold mine. I'm going to make millions because this country is full of database programmers and electronic engineers and they aren't getting the loving they so desperately need. And you can help if you're an intelligent woman who is interested in breaking into the adult film industry. And if you can tell me the name of Luke Skywalker's home planet, then you are hired. Ooh. It's yeah. It's 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 an extraordinary manifesto for. It's Tatooine. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> um, yeah, you should go online and read the whole thing because it's fucking repugnant. But, um, but also, yeah. there's a spoken word album. Oh. Yeah, so you don't have to listen to me reading it. <laughs> That's that's very wow. good. So we could talk about nerd porn, or I could ask you the next question. Next question, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's have this one for planks constantly. Um, in 1959, Life magazine reported the following: conscientious student stuffers used the sardine or limbs in method. What are they talking about? The sardine or limbs in method. Conscientious student stuffers used the sardine or limbs in method. Are you like stuffing sardines in your bra? Is that what this is? <laughs> you gotta get those limbs in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get that fishy decolletage like, the boys like, love. Um, bullying technique, like you gotta get the, you know, you're like pushing someone in a locker. Oh yeah. And you, got, you don't want, you don't want like an arm sticking out when you're trying <laughs> yeah. to slam the, the door closed. And you're cramming them in like sardines if you can jam a couple of them in one locker. You've, you get some points because you're on the right track, but you don't have the answer yet. How about? What, what year was it? 1959. 59? Do you have anything else? Stuffing themselves into some kind of costume, maybe? Like, if it was... I don't know. Well, the rest of the quote is, Others took the easier approach that permits legs to dangle on the outside. Competitors agree that the best phone-boothing technique is to round up undersized undergraduates, preferably freshmen, and put them under the supervision of a tough master crammer. 
So squishing people into a phone booth. As many people yeah. into a phone booth as we, possible. I mean, this was a this was a, certainly a tradition when I was at university, except with a shower. Shower. Yeah, shower yeah, cream. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Am I, cray, am I, cray, am I yeah. the only one? No, I thought we did. We went to the same university. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I thought we'd invented that. And they were doing it in 1959. Is this what you guys did before, like, iPhones were That's invented? right, yeah. <laughs> yes, fortunately, there's no records on it. <laughs> we ate our dinosaurs cooked as opposed to room. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Phone booth cramming was a late 1950s fad. Simple premise, cram as many people in a phone booth full of dudes or ladies and take a picture so it was the... always it was it was no co-ed cramming it was <laughs> I, I, i'm sure there was some co-ed cramming, yeah, but it might have yeah. might have been called something else what's like the record it's, it's, probably uh, well, well. it's kind of hard to tell because um much like shower stuffing at uh the university of canterbury circa the end of the thousands there's there's not a lot of records have been kept um apparently it started in 1959 when a group of students in durban and south africa crammed 25 students into a booth and submitted oh the results God. To the Guinness Book of World Records, although it was not an official record. Oh. But also, there were things like uh, tree cramming and stuffing, where you'd see how many people you could put up a tree, <laughs> how many people you'd stuff in a car, uh, showers, perhaps, yeah. yeah. Queenstown accommodation. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, you can head to mentalfloss.com and look at their article, Cramming People Thing Photo History, which I can, I can, well, I can't even recommend. It's not that interesting. But, <laughs> but it's there as it is. Um, that brings us to the end of our first round, Nerd Quotient. Boata, how are the scores coming along? Oh, very interesting, Erin. Um, so far, the audience has one point. <laughs> very good. Uh, and... Flappy Nerd originally had, well, they had three points, but I had to deduct one point for Ben's pronunciation of pastels as pastels. <laughs> uh, so they're on two. Uh, Planks constantly would have had eight, but I've deducted two points for bullying because that's not cool, guys. <laughs> so they are on six points. Six points. Well done. <laughs> some homework for the nerds, as per usual, and tonight I asked them to pitch or reimagine a fad, trend or craze. So, uh, Brendan, we'll start with you. What have you got? Okay, um, so my, my fad. Uh, so, um, 20 years ago, 1997, Bandai released Tamagotchi, a portmanteau of the words tamago, meaning egg, and watchy, meaning watch. <laughs> 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 It was, a, it was a small egg-shaped keychain uh, with a liquid crystal display on which you would see first an adorable little egg, uh, but would soon hatch into a tiny alien creature uh, who must constantly be amused with uh, candy, pointless games. Do you know what? Who, who like, had a Tamagotchi? You had, you had to play that game where you would guess what direction it was going to turn. Do you remember that? It was dumb. <laughs> so yeah, you'd have to feed it candy, play pointless games with it, and um, clean up its shit um, were like the main things you had to do. Um, of course, after a few years, uh, Tamagotchi floated down the stream of oblivion beside Big Mouth Billy Bass and a magic eye picture of a sailboat. <laughs> but I have news for you. Tamagotchi is back. It has burst from the chest cavity of the new millennium in an even more virulent form. And I don't mean that, I know there is like an app version of Tamagotchi, but that's not, that's not the real Tamagotchi. I'm here to tell you that it's back, it has just been renamed Twitter. 
<laughs> Twitter, which is, of course, a portmanteau of twits and turds, describing the two kinds of people you interact with, um, is, uh, is the modern Tamagotchi. Back in the day, Tamagotchi caused consternation in the education sector as students were constantly being distracted by small electronic devices in their pockets, sometimes as frequently as once every hour. <laughs> like a Tamagotchi, Twitter must constantly be fed. Uh, you are always playing the game of guessing whether people are going to take a sharp turn to the left or right. Uh, and it is constantly depositing electronic turds for you to clean up. But there is hope. When your Tamagotchi dies, there is grief, yes. There is social judgment on how you could let this happen. But with time comes clarity. And you'll eventually find yourself wondering why you cared for the shitty little distraction at all. Aww. Thank you. Andrew, what have you got? Uh, I'll get started. <clears throat> Committee members, employees and shareholders of FADCORP, it is an honour to be able to present to the leaders in the field of inception and exploitation of consumer fads an exciting opportunity for this noble and respectable enterprise. One of the most admirable business models your company uses is one that follows the same one that capitalised on the pet rock fad that emerged in the 1970s. While the business model may still be effective, it's clear that the stone age has passed and you've got to future-proof your innovation-optimised <laughs> paradigms. To that end, we must put aside childhood memories of running barefoot through suburban neighbourhoods free from remote-controlled drones, exercising our imaginations and drinking water from the hose. In today's more dangerous world where kids stay indoors and play video games and eat detergent pods, rocks are just not part of their everyday lives. They're just not relatable anymore. Also, rocks are dangerous. Citation, The Nerd Degree, Season 3, Episode 21, Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Kids want, and more importantly, parents with disposable incomes demand, an inanimate pet that's safer than a rock. Now, my independent corporate think tank did some research to find out what could be one degree safer than a rock. And we discovered that according to well-established laws, the best contender for a replacement for the pet rock would be, of course, the pet scissors. <laughs> Oh yes, pet scissors is the next big fad ripe for monetary gain-based exploitation. Technologically, scissors are thousands of years more advanced than rocks, and kids just love that stuff. According to my think tank's highly accurate mathematical calculations, kids will love pet scissors more than the combined amount of love they have for pet dogs, Tamagotchis, and the Ebola virus. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking, and no, pet paper is not a superior candidate here for two simple reasons. One, Paper cuts. You don't want pets that can cut your kids. So therefore, paper is the more dangerous one. And two, ow. And two, now that we are transitioning to a paperless society, I think we can relegate paper to the same category as rock. In such a society, it stands to reason that scissors will forevermore reign uncontested. This fad is the one, the real one, that will last forever. So in closing, when you think of pets, and fads that will surely last forever, and fun, and risk-minimised onboard scalability solutions empowering the organic synergized successfulness-driven strategic initiative platformification model <laughs> for safety maximisation, it's clear that your fine company should play it safe. Grab the pet scissors and run with that. <laughs> Very good. Moata is moderator. Um, who gets the points? Well, I mean, uh, Brendan is slightly disadvantaged in that I love my Twitter and I don't like people trash-talking it. And, <laughs> and I, as an act of defiance, 
tweeted him while he was doing it. <laughs> 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 it's true, I watched. <laughs> it just seemed like the right thing to do. So, um, and as a librarian, I really enjoyed Andrew's sighting Good. of a previous episode. Know your audience. Of <laughs> of the new degree, so I'm going to have to give it to yes. Andrew. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Right, this next round is a ding-in round. It's called Death by Fad. So in the last few months, we've all read of people who've died while trying to take selfies or getting chemical burns from eating Tide Pods. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> or at least I have, because I quite enjoy reading about those kind of things. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put forward something that sounds relatively innocuous, and the nerds need to ding and tell me how these everyday items or activities are connected to deadly or dangerous fads. Points for riffs, bluffs, facts, and bullshit. Yeah? So the first one is dancing. Uh, Christian Church was really not uh, happy with the old uh, dancing. They thought it was the work of the devil. And they banned it in a lot of places. The, the Protestants, especially, they were like, no dancing. No dancing. You're probably a witch if you do some dancing. <laughs> and the Catholics were just like, as long as you keep your arms your down arms. straight, you're <laughs> Just okay. keep them straight. <laughs> just don't move your arms. Uh, was it this like the dancing competitions where yeah. people, like endurance dancing that Absolutely. people would dance so long that I think people died? Yes, they did. Yep. The film, uh, they shoot horses. Don't yeah, they? it's based on a book. It's a really great book. Um, so they began in 1923 as a form of entertainment in the Great Depression. Would last from hours to months, shifting from very fun competitions to something really humiliating and exploitative. So people would injure themselves or become completely exhausted. Uh, they would suffer mental collapse, and some committed suicide after losing. Cheery. Next one, uh, water. How's water a fad that might kill you? You drown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, but not quite a fad. Is it really? Yeah, I was going to say, is water a fad? It's a type of water. Okay. Yeah. Could it be a fad diet? Like, if you just drank water until you died? Oh, we have talked about that in um, previous episodes, so you can have half a point for that. Oh, yeah, the uh, organic water. Yeah, the raw water yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, anyone else? No? Oh, uh, baptism. <laughs> Definitely going out of style. How, how does that kill you? Religious wars. <laughs> Fair enough. Now I'm thinking about water treated with radium, which is a gimmicky oh. patent medicine called Radithor from 1918 wow. to 28. Um, one of Radithor's fans was a steel tycoon who drank 1,400 bottles of Radithor, became so seriously ill with radium poisoning that portions of his mouth and jaw were surgically removed before he died. Oh. He was buried in a lead-lined coffin, dug up 35 years later, and he was still... <laughs> kind of going. You could also buy uh, a Revigator. Do you know what a Revigator might have been? Was oh, that like a, a thing made of radium and you pour the water into it? Yes. And it just glows and Oh, kind of, yeah. It? You definitely get points. It's like a crock pot lined with radioactive ore so that you can make your own radium water at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was the kombucha of its day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, next one, um, lying down. <laughs> yep. Thank, thanking? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, people have died while planking. It's <laughs> yeah, well, because their, their abs got too strong. <laughs> yeah, their abs got too strong. There was one guy um, from in Brisbane who's a 20-year-old guy. In 2010, he lost his footing, even though he was planking. Uh, he was positioning himself on a balcony seven stories up, and he plunged to death uh, yeah. in the car park below. The, <laughs> the, um, the longest, the person who's planked for the longest is like eight hours. And the guy, and they, they bring them gifts and stuff, he get brought like presents. Do they worship him like a god? No, it's just a competition. It's <laughs> <laughs> motivation. They bring them, pre- the, him and the other guy. It was like eight, eight hours. Eight hours. Did sorry, you? sorry. So you, you lie down for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's typically known by people who don't have children as a full night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, but you got to do it on your, on your arms. I forgot the word for arms. <laughs> <laughs> right, but the next one, uh, next one is petticoats. Oh, too tight. <laughs> what the hell sort of petticoat uh, are you wearing? It's a corset. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, no, you definitely don't get a, a, a point. Was it this? Oh, you was. Yeah. Do they impede your running away from wild animals, for example? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. What I'm thinking of, though, is crinoline fires. So we're structured petticoats, were highly flammable. Uh, the poet Longfellow, um, his wife died after her petticoat caught fire. Oscar Wilde's half sisters died of burns after they were. This like, is a really um, fucking grim. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Every like, single um, one starts off. Ha, 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 <laughs> I know it's true, but the, the, the legend passes down about your children's pajamas. Don't let your children anywhere yeah. because yeah. your children's pajamas will go. Was I like, like how you said what kind of petticoat am I wearing? What kind of petticoats are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> um, what there was a, a quote in the New York Times in 1958 that proclaimed that an average of three deaths per week from crinolines and conflagration ought to startle the most thoughtless of the privileged sex and to make them at least extraordinarily careful in their movements and behaviour if it fails to deter them from adopting a fashion so fraught with peril. (laughs) Just stop standing next to barbecues, please. (laughs) Next one, deodorant. Oh, mercury poison. Mercury poisoning? What the hell sort of deodorant do you think? <laughs> Isn't that they think deodorant can give you like mercury poisoning? Are you thinking about the aluminium and aluminium poisoning? And deodorant. I don't know. Is there other crush deaths when like some guy sprays on links and all this woman just come <laughs> running? <laughs> like, in, in, like a small space. And just and just <laughs> You get points for that, yeah. even though it's it's not right. I'm thinking of the internet challenge of spraying aerosol deodorant on your skin, causing burns and in some cases frostbite, also known as frosting. Oh, at my mum, when she was on school camp, when she was a teenager, two boys died because they sp- sprayed, like, lynx aerosol or whatever in their tent and died of as- asphyxiation. It's a fun fact. Some kid up north. It was banned. That's why deodorant was banned in my school. Well, so if you spray Lynx Africa, it's like a Jumanji situation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one, shiny shoes. How can shiny shoes, fads for shiny shoes kill you? Blinding traffic. Sure, you can have points for that. Yeah, I was just going to say some kind of reflection, like beaming off and like distracting horse and carts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, more that aspects of shoe polish are kind of poisonous and can kill you. This year. No, it's uh, nitrobenzenes, which were a solvent in shoe polish. If you put the shoe polish on and didn't let it set, then the fumes and the, like, the, the contact to it could um, 
you could get poisoned. And some people would shine their shoes and then go out on the piss. And then between not having let their shoes uh, dried and having uh, accelerated things through alcohol would just kind of fall down dead. And their petticoats would sit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also found in some inks and dyes, these nitrobenzines. How about a child's toy? Uh, Crazy fads involving a child's oh, toy. A specific child's toy. It kind of is, but I'm giving it to you more generally to see what you come up with. Okay. Oh, it's the trend of uh, buzzing, where um, you would see how many buzzy bees you could fit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. No, we think, we've already talked about this toy. Oh, well, when, um, I don't know when finger spinners were a big thing, that um, some of them which were light up ones, they would have lights in them and they would exhilarate, and some of, a number of them just uh, exploded. Holy basically. shit. Um, like Samsung Galaxies, um, <laughs> they would just they would just catch fire and just sort of melt just because of yeah not 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 because of the sheer number of revolutions or anything but just faulty because they're they're things. evil yeah 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 evil incarnate um, I'm I'm thinking of the Cabbage Patch riots of 1983 <laughs> violent altercations at toy stores when the dolls first went on sale hitting shoving trampling customers attacking others with handheld weapons such as baseball bats. What? Which were probably just on the shelves next to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found and if they'd just gone to Moata's mum, she could have <laughs> 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 come up with an off-brand. Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I found a, um, a news article from the Victoria Advocate from November 27th, 1983, that said at a Caldor store in Paramus, New Jersey last month, one woman trying to get in front of the line for the dolls elbowed another woman to near unconsciousness. <laughs> and outside a store in Lauderdale Lakes, Florida, on Thursday, buyers offered swaps. I have a red-haired girl, one woman yelled. I'll trade for a blonde boy. <laughs> Sorry, that's fucking creepy. Yeah, but, um, uh, also, Tickle Me Elmo riots, uh, but oh, nowhere as big. Um, and the violence continues with that. There's been nasty stuff with the company that has uh, taken on the, the rights to make Cabbage Patch dolls. Um, drama includes accusations of sabotage, chokeholds, gay slurs, vendettas, and so on, according to court documents. What, just in their workplace? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, those are some people that are passionate about dolls, obviously. <laughs> I think they're passionate about money. Okay, uh, next one, the colour green. How can the colour green fads for the colour green hurt you or kill you? Uh, the Irish troubles <laughs> between Protestants. <laughs> it's true, it's true. You don't walk through the wrong part of Belfast with the green on. Good Lord, no. Absolutely not. It's just that it's not easy being green in general. So <laughs> yeah. Aww. You probably don't live as long. As, yeah. Well, you don't live as long because Shields Green and Paris Green, which are bright rich greens popular in the 18th, 19th century, were a pigment containing copper arsenite, which gave people um, arsenic poisoning, especially in things like uh, dyes used for frocks and headdresses and silk flowers and so on. Apparently, it almost contributed to the death of Napoleon as the rooms in the house that he lived in were painted bright green prior to his death from cancer. This is real cheery. Uh, one last one, <laughs> birth control. That's Another fan. fan. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, blood clots? <laughs> well, that, that does happen. I'm thinking about a particular challenge, another internet oh, challenge. Oh, um, the co snorting condoms. Yes, can you tell me about <laughs> this? Is a, this is one of those things that people are saying is a trend, but is not actually a trend. 100% true. Um, which is people uh, is an opening condom and then kind of inhaling it up their nose. Yeah. And no. pulling it up through no, their No, I have a friend who used to do that every single party we went to. 
It's a it's a fad. It's a it's a it's a real thing that people that I associate with. Is it, is, is it, a, is it a fad though, or is it just a, a party it's a trick. trick? It's a it's a party mm. trick. It's. I do not endorse it. <laughs> um, we're not... I mean, it will, it will stop you from getting pregnant. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think mm. I, I slept with the guy that did <laughs> It will get you late. You will not get pregnant. Wow. Yeah. So it is going to become a trend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was a fresh one. It was one that had not been up his nose. Um, the more you know. <laughs> the more you wish you didn't know. The, the last factoid for this round is that um, when, when I had the pleasure of researching all this stuff, I found an article from Forbes um, written by Associate Professor Bruce Lee from, I think, <laughs> John Hopkins, who was writing about you know whether or not this is a thing, if there's kind of a, a medical issue. And he found that there was a journal of chest diseases uh, where there was an article entitled Accidental Condom Inhalation, which distinguishes it from deliberate condom <laughs> inhalation. And the case report detailed the tribulations, I'm quoting here, of a 27-year-old woman who performed oral sex on a man wearing a condom. The condom went down her trachea and into her lungs, blocked one of her airways, and resulted in pneumonia and the collapse of the upper right lobe of her lung. And his comment was, that would qualify as a bad oral sex experience. <laughs> <laughs> No. Moata, how are the scores? Uh, yeah, I thought <laughs> Liv's revelation about getting it on with the condom snorting guy was the worst thing I was going to hear. <laughs> and then you just really, woo, took it up another level. Okay, so scores. Well, there are some. Uh, <laughs> so, um, flappy nerds. Oh, they just fall into pieces and all over the place like that kinetic sand that I wish I'd never let that come into my house. <laughs> Don't get kinetic sand, guys. Uh, they are on six points, but planks constantly. They are hot like my lower legs because I'm wearing leg, leg warmers. It's true, they can <laughs> On a not particularly cold day. Uh, and they are on 11 points. 11 points. But this next round is a bad for your elf round uh, called Champing at the Bitcoin. Uh, does anyone know how cryptocurrencies work? No, me neither. Uh, but they're a big deal, future of money, something that'll bankrupt us all, so on and so forth. Uh, so lots of cryptocurrencies are respectable or have techie-sounding names such as Ada Lumens, Ether, XRP, but not all. So I have here a list of ridiculous and real digital currencies from PCMag, offered up by a friend of the show, Andrew Todd. Uh, so I'm going to hand this over to Planks constantly, and they are going to um, either read them out or make up their own bullshit cryptocurrencies, and... Flappy Nerd will have to decide whether or not it is a real or a fake <sighs> cryptocurrency. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Potcoin. Potcoin. It's Pot only coin? two letters removed from Bitcoin. Hmm. Seems... Potcoin. 
maybe like some kind of underground thing used exclusively to buy marijuana over the internet. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good use for virtual currencies. So, yeah. Well, yep, it could be real. Yeah. Yep. yep, real. We it's, said, it's real it's and real. you got the purpose correct as well. Okay. So, <laughs> so you get double points. So I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dogecoin. Yes, that one's real. I've heard of that one. Correct. It's the Doge dog. Oh, the, the Korean dog thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. much coin, very currency. <laughs> Sun coin. They can all be called coin, can they? They've got to be some more originality. No, I think, I don't know. Sun coin. Sun coin. How, what would the purpose of that one be? I don't know. Like if you want to buy units of daylight from somewhere. <laughs> Maybe it's got solar powered servers or something. No, I can't. No. I don't think it's. No. No. Okay. I would say it's no. It is, in fact, fake. Very good. Bitcoin coin. <laughs> <laughs> This seems like a stock market accident waiting to happen. <laughs> Bitcoin coin. Uh, yeah. Bitcoin coin coin maybe, but not Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Well, how many how many Bitcoins do a Bitcoin coin? <laughs> how much coin would a Bitcoin coin? Bitcoin, a Bitcoin, 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 <laughs> Maybe that's just the thing they all have seen. This is hard because I'm distracted still from that last round of thinking how much suction that woman needed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Did I focus? Femcoin. coin. Fem coin. That sounds that like something the internet would come that up with. It could be a thing, yeah. 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 It could be a thing. Yes. True. No. No. Coinye. Hey, this doesn't end in coin. Nothing coined. Um, maybe Kanye actually started Coinye. That sounds like the thing he could, he might do. Oh yeah, he would totally do. He that, would totally yeah. do that. True. Yeah. It, it is true, but it was a doomed cryptocurrency that was sued into oblivion by Kanye West's lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Was paid exclusively in coin use. <laughs> <laughs> Moon coin. Moon coin. Moon coin. Was it noon or moon? Moon coin? Moon coin. Wait, so sun coin and moon coin. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. But which is the real cryptocurrency? Which is just an illusion, yeah. Mr. Bond. Um, uh, this is a double bluff. This is a double bluff. It can't be yeah. a coin. No, it it's not a coin. Yeah. No, it's not a coin. It's not a thing. It's a coin. It is a coin. It's a cryptocurrency where the total coin supply is limited based on the average distance from the Earth to the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why not? Bet Cohen. That's just Bitcoin pronounced differently. <laughs> <laughs> he just he's just changed the pronunciation. That can't be a thing. It can't be a thing. Yeah, not it's at not this time. Maybe after this show is aired, someone might go ahead and make it, but yeah. not right now. Uh, it is in fact the first cryptocurrency that's certified kosher. <laughs> <laughs> the first Jewish crypto token made by Jews for Jews all over the world. <laughs> 
Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Hitcoin, Mooncoin. One coin, two coin, Ridgeville coin. Hitcoin. <laughs> it could be some kind of, the preferred currency of some kind of underground fighting league. Yeah, or possibly like assassins, you know. Oh, assassins. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it for 12 Hitcoin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, I like our reasoning. It sounds very John Wick to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably yeah. the preferred mm-hmm. coin of John Wick. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. John Wick's real, so that must be yeah, real too. It's yeah. real. It's fake, but that was my reasoning. Okay. <laughs> so I was hoping you guys were gonna. You can have half a point for good okay. reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe just a few more. Unobtainium. <laughs> That's the element from Avatar that they're mining on the world of Pandora. Yeah. I don't know if it's also a cryptocurrency, but it would make mm. sense if it was because it doesn't exist. <laughs> like so. cryptocurrencies. Oh, yeah. um, it's nerdy as well. It's like a nerdy. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to name a cryptocurrency, uh, yeah, we'll catch on well. Yeah. So, yeah, and probably James Cameron pays people in it. That's probably, probably <laughs> does. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is in fact a cryptocurrency um, designed to be rare. Only two hundred and fifty thousand Uno coins will ever be mined in the next three hundred years. Two more. Vibranium. That Vibranium. Captain America's shield is made out of. <laughs> this is just getting me with these nerd references. <laughs> um, no, because Marvel would come in and sue that. Yeah. They would sue the hell out of that. Yeah, Marvel That's would do that, yeah. Because yeah. they're Disney now. Look out for them. No, it's not real. Yeah. Uh, and one more. Deep Onion. <laughs> <laughs> Deep Onion. What does that even mean? It's got layers. <laughs> Preferred currency of Shrek. <laughs> I guess as an economic unit, it makes a certain amount of sense because it's not like your common onion, which is just there in the spade. Like you've really yeah. got to work to get a deep onion. Right. Yeah. It's a lot further down. Yeah, a lot harder to get hold of. Do a couple of shovels yeah. full of. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? It sounds real. It sounds real. Okay, sounds real. Yeah, Yeah, it's an anonymous, untraceable cryptocurrency which facilitates payments through the Tor network, which is... uh, The Onion logo. Onion, yeah. Um, And it also seems to be for paying for super creepy stuff. So, yeah, very good. Um, some of the other ones on the list that I quite liked were Putin coin, Trump coin, Whopper coin, which was a loyalty program for Burger King Russia. Um, <laughs> Cthulhu offerings, a religion based around the fabled giant interdimensional squid where coins are part of a ritual sacrifice. Um, and my favourite was Denta coin, the only cryptocurrencies by dentists for dentists. <laughs> so how are our scores at, Marta? Well, it's very exciting. So there's been a bit of a change. Things that were trending up are now trending down. Uh, So planks constantly have 14 points. Very respectable. But Flappy Nerd has come shot past them on the graph and they are now sitting on 16 points. 16 points. One round of homework. We're going to hear the homework assignments from the remaining two nerds. Uh, how about we start with you, Ben? Uh, how have you reimagined or repitched? I'm glad you asked, Erin, because my phone is about to run out of batteries. So it's good that we're doing this now. Um, <laughs> I was wondering about bringing an old trend into our modern world. Um, so 
Got a little bit of an ad for something. Hey, kids. Are <laughs> <laughs> those five nights at Freddy's starting to seem more like five weeks? Are you dimly beginning to pick up on the rage your parents feel at paying for the same LOL surprise doll eight times because no one can see what's inside the goddamn packet? Are you disillusioned because not one of your finger spinners, thousands of revolutions, managed to seize the means of production? Are you sick and tired of the same old new things year after year? Well, maybe it's time to try the crazy, cool and old school trend that's making a comeback in a big way. Human sacrifice. <laughs> Brought back to you by the same mysterious forces that make the yo-yo intimately popular again every 15 years or so. Human sacrifice is a cool new way to socialise, make new friends and eliminate the weaker members of society. It's fun, educational and even grandma can join in, whether she wants to or not. Start your collection of the favour of dozens of different ancient gods. Who would you choose to honour first? Quetzalcoatl, the radical Aztec feathered serpent that brings a street smart attitude to being the god of order? <laughs> Osiris, the green-skinned band boy king of the Egyptian underworld who brings a street smart attitude to ruling the afterlife? <laughs> or Persephone, the Greek Osiris for girls with big eyelashes and a raspberry scent? <laughs> Bullies got you down, parents in your face, school so boring Wave goodbye to all of that when you're the first kid on your block To hold a still beating human heart in your hand Get the starter kit now or upgrade to the Fireblade Megaprong X To triple your stabbing fun Start human sacrifice today Remember kids, ask your parents Please may I pray in arterial spray <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Liv, uh, what have you got for us? My one's very informal compared to everyone else's because I did not know what I was doing. But um, so mine's inspired by Twitter and like one of my favourite things of all time is when Osama bin Laden's compound was being raided. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's, it's so good for all of us. <laughs> One of his, like, neighbours was live-tweeting it without realising. Like, he was like, that's weird that there's a helicopter outside at 1am in Obotabad. And then he's like, oh, I hear a big crash. And then he's like, this is suspicious. And it turns out it was Osama bin Laden getting assassinated. So that was fun. Um, but I thought it'd be fun if there was Twitter other points in time in history. Um, so for Henry VIII, I thought he would tweet at Catherine of Aragon, just married. And then his next tweet is a meme, is that meme of, you know, like the boyfriend holding hands with his girlfriend in the hot girl <laughs> So the sneaky boyfriend, it says Henry VIII, the upset, upset girlfriend is the Catholic Church, and then the hot girl just says divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Titanic's corporate account tweets, happy iceberg day, winky face. And then the next tweet is just a lengthy and heartfelt corporate apology. Uh, Jesus, whose Twitter handle is at Jesus. He got it early. Yeah. Um, he gets special treatment. Um, his tweet is, getting nailed on Good Friday? Oh, honey, sounds like every Friday. And then it's a gif of Trixie from Drag Race. So, like, oh, honey... Um, from the, the city council of Pompeii, it's just an evacuation, get out of town, now, tweet. And then all the replies are just run, forest, run gifts. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last tweet is from Anne Frank, 
and her Twitter Twitter handle is Anne Frank Belieber because you know when Justin Bieber went to Anne Frank House and said that she would have been a Belieber. <laughs> it's that reference. Uh, and her tweet is suck my dick Hitler hashtag hide and seek world champ nineteen k thirty nine. And then her Twitter account goes kind of silent after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. <laughs> Marta, who are you giving that to? Well, I mean, uh, that's hard to score. They're both so different. You can give some points to each, but you... No. No? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I have to give points, I'm only giving it to one, OK? Uh, so we've established that I love Twitter, and I'm that keen on my four-year-old uh, being into ritual sacrifice. So, uh, so I'm going to go with love. Very good. Still, this next still round, better than LOL surprise doll. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next round is a new round. Uh, it is called Well Actually and it's our take on the improv game Just a Minute. So I'm going to ask a nerd to act as a self-professed expert on a subject uh, they're going to have to speak, or try to speak for a minute on the topic, but they're going to be challenged by uh, other panellists who can butt in with the phrase loved by sanctimonious dinner bores and embittered nerds and mansplainers alike. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> they'll keep going. So um, they will butt in and keep going. Uh, whoever butts in uh, successfully will get an arbitrary amount of points, and whoever is still going at the 60-second mark will also get points. Uh, so let's start with uh, Brendan. Brendan, I would like you to tell us all about the Rubik's Cube. Ah, the Rubik's Cube. There are many ways to solve a Rubik's Cube, but the tried and true method for me was always peeling off the stickers and <laughs> rearranging them. And well, actually, that is not really a solve. It's more of a cheat. I think true solvers of the Rubik's Cube uh, appreciated what Hungarian genius... Uh, Rubik was up to when he created the cube that has kept all of us so puzzled for so many years. Since the 1980s, in fact, I've had one, and I, I haven't even moved it. I just like to look at it and think about primary colours. Well, and, uh, actually, that's not really making the best use of a Rubik's cube. Uh, for one thing, if you just leave it there, you can't even see the sixth side of the cube. <laughs> so you're denying yourself one of the primary colours. Now... If you really want to enjoy, if you're doing like a speed solve, you need to really oil the hinges so that you can really get those, uh, those sides spinning. Well, actually, uh, professional and um, top quality solvers of the Rubik's Cube know that the natural Keep going, oils in your hands uh, do the, all the lubrication for you, so you don't need to add anything else. Lubrication. Well done, Andrew. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, wins every round that way. <laughs> Ben, I would like you to tell us about, about fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. I'm glad you asked me, Erin, because I know a lot about fidget spinners. Uh, my son was uh, very determined to get a fidget spinner, and uh, we looked at uh, fidget spinner price ranges 
and we found that they were charging an extortionate amount for them, unless you went to the $2 shop. Now, the $2 shop is a great place where you can get a lot of stuff well, for $2. Well, actually, it's not called the $2 shop anymore. It's like, <laughs> it's like a range of different shops, but because they're no longer like $2, they've had to change the name. Um, it's like the $1 to $8 shop or something like that. Well, actually, maybe that's the case in Christchurch. But in Dunedin, it's called Happy Coin. <laughs> and Happy Coin is in South Dunedin, and you can pick up a, a fridge. Well, actually, that's not the $2 shop then, is it? So <laughs> you're not going to get a $2 fidget spinner at the not $2 shop. Um, and well, actually, we did get a $2 fidget spinner <laughs> at the not $2 shop. We paid $2. It was golden colour. Uh, and it was great until... Well, we actually, I think you've just got confused and you're just spinning a $2 coin. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to tell us about avocado toast. <laughs> avocado toast has been demonstrated to be the most popular food of choice among millennials. In fact, so popular that they will forgo other important things such as shelter, other kinds of food, medicine, not to mention money altogether, and in fact capitalism. They will prefer the avocado toast. Now, what is it about this avocado toast that these millennials just find so irresistible? Well, there's two parts of it. There's the avocado, and then, of course, as you may have guessed, there is, in fact, the avocado juice. And both of these go onto a slice of toast. Now, well, actually, I think Andrew has just moved on to his favourite topic of lubrication. <laughs> to the key area of discussion, which is avocado toast. Now, you have to make a decision whether you're going to slice that avocado or you're going to smash it down so there's like an avocado mush on your toast. Now, there's, uh, there's advocates for both approaches to this. I prefer the whole unpeeled avocado. <laughs> well, actually, I think you'll find that I looked at Erin's clock and found there was five seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm deducting a point from that. Smart. Don't hate the, the player. Hate the game. And in fact, I'm going to put an extra 20 seconds on the clock. Oh, OK. And uh, how about... Um, Ben, you can keep going, but someone needs to interrupt him real fucking quick. About avocado toast. Yeah, go. Avocado toast is the primary economic unit of our time. Well, actually, it's Dogecoin. Can <laughs> 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 we just do a check whether there's an avocado coin? <laughs> Surely. Surely. So you said advocate, and I'm really upset you didn't say advocate. Advocado. Yeah. Is, is that when you make a, um, a cocktail with that eggy advocate, fluffy duck stuff, and avocado, and... That sounds awful. Avocate's <laughs> <laughs> oh, disgusting in the first place. Says someone who's never drunk it in her whole entire life. Avocado coin. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was the primary economic unit. <laughs> Tell I us about avocado coin. Uh, it fluctuates based on how ripe the avocado is. <laughs> 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 uh, this may be a made-up one. <laughs> um, whereas I can tell you that you can get an avocado coin purse from ASOS, if you're interested. Can you pay for it with avocado coin? I think they take actual money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of mine's gone there in the past. Yeah. Um, Liv, I would like you to tell us about bacon. Oh, bacon like the food. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 bacon like the actor. <laughs> no, bacon like the food. Uh, bacon like the food. Bacon is delicious. 
Cool. No one interrupted me because I was going to judge you a lot. <laughs> um, bacon, you can cook it crispy. You can eat it raw if you want. That's sushi. Well, actually, you can't recommend eating bacon raw because you get, get trigonosis from from uncured pork meat, which is a terrible disease and nothing you want to do with it. It's a little bit like when you eat a raw cat and you get toxoplasmosis. <laughs> exactly the same principle. Well, actually... <laughs> No one should eat a cat, <laughs> so this should not be uh, this is, should not be a point of reference. Well, actually, for Brendan, what about Alf? Alf from the planet Malmac. They were regarded. Uh, well, actually, cats Alf was a puppet, and so we know that puppets, including Cookie Monster, can't eat things. They just mush things up in their mouths, and then they kind of pour out afterwards. So he mushed up a cat in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Alf would do. He'd go, hum, 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 and just bits of cat. Would fall out of his mouth. Do, do, do you don't remember that episode of Alf? <laughs> speaking, speaking of fads, I have. I should have brought it tonight. You remember those um, watches that you could get that had like a fluffy toy oh, yeah, thing yeah, on yeah. the top of it, and some of them were animals. I have an elf one that I got when I was Duh. six. Or, uh, like slime just... time was the. Oh. Like, it, was, it was like that, but with like scaly creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that yeah. was. That was cool. Okay, so for our final round... I learned um, so much about bacon in this <laughs> um, I, For our final... Well, actually, I would like Brendan to start telling us about Slime Time. Slime Time? <laughs> well, actually, Brendan's voice was a little high-pitched then. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Slime Time. I have no, no, idea, no idea what it is. Novelty but watches. Novelty watches are a great thing, because who wants a regular watch when you can have a watch that's Just some kind of well, novelty? Well, well, actually, no one wants irregular watches. They want regular watches. <laughs> Because watches have to keep time. That's like their fundamental function. Uh, but sometimes you don't want other people to see what the time is you, if you want to hoard the time. And that's why you put some kind of creature to protect the well, time. Well, actually, Brendan's making things up at this point. Novelty no, watches, not. he is. No, nobody needs to well, hoard actually, the time. Well, actually, if you value your privacy, you don't want anyone to know what time it is. Well, actually, because, I'm not sure that you can stop them from knowing what the time is because you're not the only person that owns a watch in the world. Well, you actually, if you're, if you're lonely and you want people to have to come up and ask you, you need to prevent them from being able to look over your shoulder and see the time. So you need, like, a, an elf head or the, the, the upper part of the Well, snake. actually, I think you're biased because weren't you standing in a back alley saying, hey, kids, want to buy some slime time watches? <laughs> Very good. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the end of our inaugural Well Actually round, uh, Moat, can you tell us how the scores are? Well, an, am an amazing <laughs> twist, Erin. Flappy Nerd are on 20 points, and Plants Constantly are also on 20 points. Oh. That's exciting. Exciting as we head into the final round, which is a political campaign round. How many points is it worth? How many points is it worth, Moata? Well, it's kind of winner takes all, you'd think, at this stage. Point yeah. three of a point. Point three. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's at any, any number of points, because you've both got the same number of points, so whoever wins the points wins. That was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. How maths um, works. Some points. <laughs> it is worth some point coin. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I've asked uh, each of the teams to do is to come up with a political campaign that is based 
around some kind of musical fad, be it a genre or a one-hit wonder or something else along those lines. And they are going to pitch it to you, the audience and potential voters. They're going to have uh, 60 seconds each to start, a 30-second rebuttal, and then some kind of pithy statement to wrap it up. And then your applause at the end of it is going to work out who is going to be the winner of tonight's mystery prize. Yeah? Very good. Um, how about Liv? Uh, since this is your first time on the show, would you like to go first or second? Second. Second, sure thing. So let's start with um, Flappy Nerd. You've got 60 seconds. Aaron, we'd like to introduce to everyone tonight an important political figure for our times and uh, the exact man and ideals that we need leading us into the future, the MC Hammer Party. <laughs> Now, a lot of people I know, the first mention of a hammer are immediately thinking to themselves, communism. I know what you're thinking. But no, MC Hammer's hammer is not the hammer of communism. It is the hammer of industry. The hammer that we need to rebuild Christchurch, which is taking far too long. Isn't that right, Andrew? Yes, that yes. is. And, um, but it won't just be about Christchurch. There are many other policies that uh, MC Hammer and the MC Hammer party are covering as well, uh, such as the uh, military um, aspect of the country as well, which is uh, getting a lot of funding now in the Air Force Department with a lot of the parachutes which will be covered by his pants. Yes. <laughs> a crank airborne division. Uh, he's not just... A, he's, he's an MC, of course, which you mean he's a minister of culture. Mm. He's a minister of cooperation. Yeah, he's, not, he's a minister of cool. That's right. The minister of cool. Right, so how are you going to uh, pitch yours over to Team Planks constantly? Of course. Well, uh, so we also have a, a party, and, and our party is made up entirely of... Uh, of uh, members of boy bands. Um, <laughs> Specifically the ones left behind when the talented one leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no, there's no flashy Justin Timberlake, no Harry Styles. We don't want none of that distracting from the policies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's all about it's all about ideas about policies. They don't want the fame or the fortune. They're not going to sell out. They had their chance to sell out and they didn't. So they've got integrity <laughs> and slightly less talent, but that's fine. Um, and you know they're going to be committed. They've got nothing else going on. <laughs> they really, really need this. They're going to put everything into this. Uh, um, yeah, just just think about. It. So we've got the bad boy. In charge of military. We've, we've got the shy one. In charge of the GCSB. We've got, we've got the cute one. In charge of international affairs. We've got, the, 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 we've got the older brother. He's in charge of SIFs. <laughs> Sorry, I should have given you um, notice, but I was listening. <laughs> I was listening, it's very good. Um, so, back over to the MC Hammer Party. You have 30 seconds to uh, rebut and to put forward your platform. Listen, Erin, we've already got a party which is uh, made up of all the people left over when all the talented people have moved on. And it's called the National Party, OK? <laughs> we don't need another party like this. MC Hammer has, has dedicated to making commitments. Superannuitant funding. Can't touch this. Uh, uh, health spending. Can't Ten touch seconds. this. Oh. Um, and um, the, he's got very deep pockets, I think, for this uh, <laughs> budget. Very deep pockets. Yeah. Um, deep, deep pockets for the budget. Over to Thanks uh, Constantly. I, uh, I don't see how can't touch this is a good policy. Abortion rights, can't touch this. 
Marijuana reform. Can't touch this. Doesn't it's called stable like government. <laughs> Girl, I know you've been hurt before. <laughs> I know other parties have come and gone, but, but we're here to stay. If you'll just open your heart and vote for us. JC Shazir's Chris Kirkpatrick, Joe Fatone and Lance Bass. <laughs> those are our, those are our top candidates. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you each um, basically have the, the space of time that it takes to put forward a pithy slogan or sentence. A pithy slogan. A pithy slogan or sentence. Flappy nerd. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> Members of boy bands left behind when the talented one leaves. They will stand behind you. And dance beautifully. <laughs> Very good. So now I need to ask you, the audience, who do you think uh, will win this political campaign? Is it uh, the MC Hammer Party? Yeah. Or is it Boy Band Rejects? So while Moata is tallying the scores, um, I just want to remind you that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, iTunes and Stitcher and all the places that you find your podcasts. We are here at Orange Studio on the first Wednesday of the month and sometimes even out and about in the community. And if you like, uh, <laughs> if you like Nerd Degree, you might also like Dungeons and Dragons and Comedians. So search on Facebook for that too. So Moata, tell me, how does it fall down? Well, uh, Flappy Nerd. Uh, have still 20 points, uh, but uh, planks constantly have 20 plus X points. <laughs> and so they are the winners this evening, and their prize is 1 million Orange Studios to the Roll Music Crafting song, our nerds, Martha, 